Some of you may have never heard about the man or the case that I'm going to talk to you about in this hour. Now, there's not a lot of breaking news today, but it just amazes me how many people know about this guy and how big a news story this has become today. I'm talking about Robert Durst. Some of you have never heard of him until today. Some of you have never heard of him at all. Hang on. Some of you knew his name from being the heir to a real estate tycoon's fortune, him and his siblings, his brothers. Some of you knew him because his family owes a heck of a, owns a heck of a lot of buildings in New York City. And people have D's on their uniforms at some of these places, even if they don't have a big Durst, D-U-R-S-T, on top of the building. I honestly had never heard of the Durst real estate family, these tycoons, these multi-multi-millionaires. So I, I've never heard of Robert until the other night. I was channel surfing. My kids were in bed. I had finished mommy duty, talk show duty on radio, TV, writing, wife duty, making dinner, loaded the dishwasher. I was done. And I had had a pretty stressful week up until that point. And I think it was Friday night, and I had to work. I was on the Kelly File Friday night after in the afternoon doing the show here. And um, I don't drink much. And, you know, being on TV, always trying to stay thin, even though all of you will say nasty thing. Not all of you, many of you will say, you know, you're fat or whatever. It's like, no, I'm a size two or four. You meet me in person, I'm pretty small, TV adds weight. But, and I'm short, very short, five two on a good day. Um, but every now and then, I will have a glass of wine. And we didn't have any wine, so I cracked open a beer. A PBR, as they call them, a past blue ribbon. We had a bunch of them left over from barbecue in the fridge. And it was hot here. It was going to be 91 degrees on Saturday. This is Friday night. And I'm channel surfing, and there's nothing good or new on TV, which is laughable considering there are 900 and some channels if you have the whole you know, package and cable with charter like I do here in Los Angeles. So I'm channel surfing, and all of a sudden, there's a documentary that I just got sucked into watching pieces of on HBO. The documentary is a series called The Jinx. Now, it wasn't the first piece of this series, nor the last, and I really didn't know what it was about, except it was about this guy, Robert Durst. Now, millionaire real estate heir Robert Durst has such a bizarre life that HBO made this documentary series. It is called, like I said, The Jinx. Over the weekend... Two major turns of events could end freedom for this man. So before I catch you up to date with what's going on, let me give you a little uh, summary, courtesy of CNN, as to uh, what is taking place and why you may or may not know about this guy and why you may want to. Listen up. An explosive comment by real estate heir Robert Durst caught on a live mic, ending HBO's six-part documentary series, The Jinx. There it is. You're caught. What he means, unclear. But these are the words of a man who police say is a cold case murder suspect. 
Durst whispering to himself in a bathroom after his final interview for the special, which challenges the audience to decide whether the 71-year-old son of one of the most powerful real estate tycoons in New York City is responsible for the disappearance of his wife in 1982, the murder of a close friend in 2000, and a neighbor in 2001. Oh, I mean, the writing looks similar. In the final episode, the filmmakers confront Durst after uncovering a letter written by the millionaire to longtime friend and crime novelist Susan Berman. Berman was found shot dead inside her L.A. home over 14 years ago. The handwriting and misspelling of her address eerily similar to a letter written to police telling them where to find the body. Durst denying he wrote it. Well, what I see as the similarity is really the, the misspelling in the Beverly. Other than that, the, the block letters are block letters. Police arresting the heir Saturday at a New Orleans hotel, now held on a capital murder charge in Berman's death, citing additional evidence that has come to light in the past year. It is unclear what role the documentary played. The millionaire's attorney telling Fox News he was underwhelmed by the new developments revealed in the six-part series, including his ramblings in the bathroom. L.A. County's got a case. We'll, we'll address those facts in the courtroom, but, but generally speaking, I, I was underwhelmed. The millionaire has long maintained that he did not kill Berman or his wife, who has never been found. Uh, this, is, this is what, you know, sucked me in when I started watching the jinx. Okay, listen to this. Robert Durst is the child of a multi-multi-millionaire real estate tycoon. Okay? He admitted to shooting and dismembering his neighbor. He was acquitted of murder. And now he says, well, I didn't do the killing, the shooting. I just tried to get rid of the body. I don't know. Hey, I didn't kill him. I just dismembered him. But he was acquitted of murder. And because of double jeopardy, can't go back. His wife has never been found. She disappeared. He's been suspected. Nobody has been able to pin him on it. They haven't had enough evidence. But his friend, very good friend of his, was going to speak to investigators, and then she was killed many, many years ago. And they couldn't pin it on him either. He would be on the East Coast, fly somewhere in Northern California, and then they think drive down uh, to where she was in Southern California, and then fly back to the East Coast, but they, they just couldn't pin him. Now, one of the things they're talking about are envelopes. There was an envelope set to police by the would-be killer. And in the on the envelope, on the front of the envelope, Beverly Hills was spelled B-E-V-E-R-L-E-Y. There's no E in Beverly in Beverly Hills. And it was block letters. And during the course of this documentary, one of the guys in this documentary going through the things of this woman who had been slain, a file that went dead, a case file, cold case file that went dead, that everybody felt was not just an unsolved mystery and murder, but a lot of people felt it was Robert Durst who did it, if they could just pin it on him. And a lot of people, who, including his whole family and the, and the family of the 
uh, wife who feel he is directly responsible for her disappearance and she's probably dead and he probably killed her. And everybody already knows that he shot and dismembered his neighbor even though he was acquitted of murder. Okay? You know, doing it and being able to prove you did it is a whole different thing. So what they found when they were going through the things was an envelope addressed to this woman from Robert Durst. And the envelope says Beverly Hills, B-E-V-E-R-L-E-Y, and it has the same block letters. You put the envelopes together, there is absolutely no question these are exactly the same. The guys in the documentary turn this stuff over to the authorities. Shortly after that, an arrest is made. A warrant is issued, an arrest is made. Think about this. Because of the workings of a documentary from HBO. Now, this guy's life, like I said, the millionaire real estate heir, Robert Durst, his life is so bizarre that HBO has made this documentary. It's called The Jinx. Over the weekend, there were two major turns of events, and that's actually what could lead to the end of Mr. Durst's freedom. He was arrested in New Orleans in, in, in a 2000 killing. And now we've just heard, even though it's hard to hear faintly, you can hear clearly if you put it up, the broadcast of his restroom mutterings that were picked up on his microphone which was live he says from the bathroom at the end of the documentary talk about a a befitting ending quote what the hell did i do killed them all of course referring to his neighbor his wife his first wife he's still married to a second she's very much alive and his friend now his attorney say don't read too much into these comments because he's kind of weird but we'll tell you more about that later but to understand the complexities of his life And the deaths linked to it, I'm going to tell you a bit more about this guy before I give you questions. Okay, this is what we do know. He amassed his fortune from his family's real estate business, the Durst Organization. They own a bevy of high-profile buildings in, in Manhattan. His first wife was Kathy McCormick. She was on her way to medical school in New York and vanished in 1982. Quote, his testimony over a decade after her disappearance was, in a separate case, I put her on the train in Westchester to go into the city that evening. That was the last time I ever saw her. Now, she had told her close relatives and friends that her husband had begun to abuse her physically. There were sworn affidavits by her sister, an attorney, and a family friend alleging that she had told them that she was physically assaulted by him during their marriage. And despite a cloud of suspicion over the years, he has never been arrested in the disappearance. Now, this is what we don't know. Whatever happened to her? The New York Times said she had been declared legally dead, but no one has ever found her body. Now, his friend, what we do know. Crime writer Susan Berman was a longtime friend of Mr. Durst. And in 2000, when investigators reopened the disappearance case of his first wife, they made plans to visit her in Los Angeles. And you heard on CNN that she was a confidant of him and she knew him well. And just days before, the investigators were to fly out to California to talk about Uh, What she may or may not have known about the disappearance of Kathleen Durst, uh, you know, his first wife. She was shot execution style in her living room. Fast forward 15 years to the past weekend. He was arrested in connection with her death. But what we don't know, we don't know whether he was the person who sent an anonymous letter to the police telling them there was a body in her home. A police handwriting analysis said the writing on the card that looks like Durst's, um, but in the jinx... Berman's stepson reveals a letter from Durst he found among her possessions. Okay? If you look at the letter, the handwriting is astonishingly similar. Astonishingly is, is an understatement. It's the same thing. And you don't need to be 
an analyst. All of the evidence uncovered by the HBO documentary, The Jinx uh, Makers, that was uncovered, they gave to the police. They turned over the handwriting sample a couple of years ago, at least two or three years ago. And they had told CNN, by the way, that police had it. And they told them uh, when they did it. We got a guy here, Durst. Documentary, The Jinx. Robert Durst, heard of him, was arrested for the alleged uh, murder of his friend. But many allege that he murdered and made his wife disappear. And he did admit to shooting and dismembering his neighbor. What do you think about this? Have you heard about this guy? Debriana in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Line 5 is up first. Hey, Debriana, how you doing? Am I saying your name right? Uh, good yes, afternoon. Hi, Hi, Leslie. Hi. Oh, my God. I saw the the HBO special a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'm not surprised they're catching up to him now. He seemed totally guilty to me. Yeah, a bit of an odd duck, huh? Oh, for God's sake. He dismembered his neighbor. Yep, and then he's walking around free. I mean, you know, the, you get the best defense money can buy. I guess he's, he's a prime example of that. Were you shocked that so close after your watching, for me it was a couple of days, for you it was a couple of weeks, that an arrest was made um, after information was uh, found by his stepchild in a documentary? Yeah. Uh, was I surprised? No, I was surprised that it took the documentary to do it, but I'm so grateful somebody did because obviously the legal system is failing us. You know, it's interesting you say that. We have thousands of rape kits never run through the system for DNA. Mm -hmm. People that may be in jail that are innocent, people that may be walking around raping other people that are guilty of other other crimes is one example. We have thousands of cold case unsolved murders out there. Is is this what it's going to take? And do you think the jinx doing this is going to spawn other people to make documentaries or go out and investigate on their own unsolved murders? Well, you know, what I'm hoping for, Leslie, is I don't know if you saw the, the, um, the special that Chris Hayes did on Rodney Reed, who's clearly an innocent man, and there have been many innocent folks on, that have been put on death row whose cases have actually been put in front of the public, many of whom I've called about in my lifetime to, to try and stop the death penalty for people who are clearly innocent. Okay, Debriana, hold that thought. Quick break, come back to you if you can hold on, girl. I'll be right back with you. If you're holding, hang on, coming to you. If you want to give us a buzz, line available for you at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Is it terrible that a documentary leads to the arrest when law enforcement could not of perhaps a triple murderer? We'll be back. We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. Back to the calls. Debriana was holding. Debriana, sorry to interrupt you there. We had to take a break. Uh, Debriana, line five. Uh, Debriana, you, 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 are you there? Oh, did we lose her? Did we lose her, guys? Guys, did we lose her? Line's active. Okay, maybe your cell went out. Uh, De- Debriana, give us a buzz back. 888-6-LESLIE is uh, the number. Charles in Santa Fe, uh, how you doing? Line one. Charles, good afternoon. What do you think about this? You got an HBO documentary that was able, in the course of a documentary, to get information, possibly even get uh, an admission, but still some key evidence that for years law enforcement could or did not. I know. And you know what? That's so sad. That is so sad. Because uh, this man uh, did it three times in, 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 uh, in order, and they were very closely related, uh, not related uh, by, by family, but uh, they knew him very well. Someone did this, and uh, I hope, uh, you know, he gets nailed. Uh, the problem with some of these 
anyway. Uh, rich people like that don't care anymore. And it's the money, and that's all. You know, and killing is nothing to them. And uh, it, it's just unusual that, you know, this sort of happens. Double jeopardy has already been over. But uh, there's two more. <laughs> to nail it for something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so you you don't you're not going to be you wouldn't be surprised if this we're going to see more of this in the future then. No, not at all. After uh, you know the uh, uh, well, you know we had mental hospitals that were closed. Yes, we're getting we're, we're when, thank when you, we're Ronald getting, Reagan. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. And uh, when they closed, uh, uh, some of these things uh, uh, just keep going on. And they get worse and worse. They never get better. I worked at one of those places. Uh, not, not that place, but I mean, we have a mental health uh, uh, place here in Santa Fe. And you see them progress as they get old, you know, older, and, and they don't care anymore. And it's not a matter of curing them. There's hardly any cures. They're just killed, you know. And this man is over, you know, his boundary. And it'd be, it'd be good to remove him from society. He'll kill again. Well, he, he may have already done it. He may have already done it three times, but once he, uh, he was acquitted. And acquitted doesn't mean not guilty, but he was uh, acquitted. Thank you, Charles, uh, for the call. Appreciate it. 8886 Leslie. 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us. Like I said, you can also email me, as some people have here. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com. This is from Mr. K, who says, Hi, Les- Leslie. He did say, quote, I killed them all. That would imply there are two or even three. And uh, then he you know, gives me some information. He said, from back in 04 and 05, uh, in 05... He said, millionaire in jail on parole violation, Texas millionaire Robert Durst, he was in Texas then, acquitted of a murder and the death of his neighbor four years ago, was in a Houston jail on parole violation. He had violated parole by visiting the house in nearby Galveston, where he was accused of cutting up the body of Morris Black. He was acquitted of murder, but was on parole for jumping bail and tampering with evidence in Black's death, according to the Houston Chronicle. Now, a woman who lives next to the Galveston house told police she saw him Friday standing outside his former residence. Quote, she said he was just standing there staring at the house. The woman who testified at his trial was upset and concerned for her own safety. And a jury did acquit Mr. Durst in 2003 in the death of 71-year-old Black. Durst claimed Black died from a bullet in the head as the two struggled over a pistol. He testified he panicked after the death, cut up his body, and tossed the parts into Galveston Bay. It takes a special kind of person to do that, don't you think? I mean, I'm squeamish and faint at the sight of blood, but it takes a special kind of person to do this. And in 04, he pled guilty and got a five-year sentence. Um, uh, Robert Hurst uh, pled guilty to bond jumping and Evans tamping in connection with the death and dismemberment of his elderly neighbor. The plea bargain was accepted hours after an appellate judge removed the district judge, Susan Chris, from the case amid defense arguments that she was biased. She had previously rejected a plea deal presided over Durst's murder trial, which she was acquitted of intentionally killing 71-year-old Morris Black. And Chris told the news afterwards that if she was still on the case, he would be going to trial. Uh, he was sentenced to five years for the two bond-jumping charges and one evidence-tampering charge. He'd been in jail since late 2001, and he received credit for time served. That was 1,035 days, according uh, to the judge at that time. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, they felt it was a fair resolution to the case. But, you know, a lot of people are, you know, uh, and there are, you know, another thing is, honestly, when you hear a rich person is accused of something, do you, uh, rich like this guy, multimillionaire, heir of a multimillionaire, do you assume they're more likely to get off? Did you think O.J. Simpson would get off because he had, you know, the best defense team that money could buy? 8886 leslie 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Oh, Debriana's back. Debriana, thanks for giving us Hi. a buzz back. No apologies needed. That's what happens in our age of technology and cell phones. <laughs> So you were saying, you were talking about how, like, the Innocence Project is an example, right, mm-hmm, yeah. um, of attorneys often um, brought to light by, some, you know, by it could be a friend or family member or the uh, convicted individual themselves, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's an effort by a community. Yeah. Um, those guys in Memphis, right, the West Memphis, right, the West Memphis Three, I think it is. Yeah. Johnny Depp got involved, and his money got involved, and all three of those guys were acquitted, and rightly so, if you look at all the information or lack of that led to their being um, uh, not just prosecuted, arrested and prosecuted, but led to their guilty verdicts. Yes, and it, it, you know, this is something I think that's been going on in our justice system for quite some time, but I, I, I think it's been breaking down slowly over time. And those who have access to money to buy attorneys and buy attorneys' time, then you're going to get the better defense. First of all, most people can't afford even um, whatever, what you would call a low-level attorney or attorney that just doesn't charge that much. Now, you and I both saw, and I'm not sure, forgive my ignorance because I only saw pieces of one I, it's a series, so it's more than the one day that I saw part of, correct? Yeah, I think it's four. It was four um, pieces. Did you watch all four? Yes, I did. And you came away after all four in that documentary of believing this man was guilty of at least one woman's murder, the one he's been arrested for right now, or... Uh, oh, I, mean, I, think, I think he did all of them. There's all no three. question. Any, any person who's going to tell you flat out that he dismembered and parsed out his roommate, who he said he actually liked, for absolutely no reason. And how will you ever trust a single thing he said? He thought it was okay to cut up a guy and throw him into the river. I, I I don't know if you saw the part where he went back because he was nervous that the pieces were floating up to the surface, so the only part he stole was the head that he took out of the water. Of, of his victim, and that's the only reason they couldn't actually pin it on him, was because that key component of the evidence was missing. Oh, I did not see that part, but I have to say, at first I was like, were you, when you first saw it, like, who the hell is this guy? I'd never yes. heard of him. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm serious. Yeah. I'm like, who is this guy? Today, it's all over the news. I yeah. mean, everywhere. NPR, I'm listening in the car. Fox, and I'm waiting to go on TV. You know, and when, I, when I'm doing, uh, you know, research for the show today, I'm like, oh, my God, this is, you know, other, uh, seriously, other than a typhoon, you know, it's one of the top three stories. And I even said to my producers, I will bet you that most of our listeners don't know who this guy is because I didn't know who he was. But it's amazing out there in social uh, media how many people are, you know, jumping on because this arrest has become such a big deal. Do you think this is a – do you think the arrest is a big deal because – of who his family is because it's the third person he may have killed, or do you think it's a big deal because the documentary has put a spotlight on it? Yeah, I'm wondering if it's because the documentary was out. I don't know why it wasn't a big deal when the documentary first 
came out. But I think it's because it's been floating around out there. My personal opinion is that it's been floating out there for a little while, and finally somebody's going to do something about it. It was shocking (laughs) to me that he's been walking around on the planet as a free human being after cutting up and dismembering someone. Uh, And I have to say, no offense to law enforcement, right? I love ID Channel. I love, like, the real cold case files that Bill Curtis used to, you know, anchor. But I I have to say, it just – you know, I'm so happy for families, even if it's 20 years later, when they get the justice that they so yes. so richly deserve. Yes. But there's so many people out there who are still waiting for justice. Like, we may never know what happened yeah. to his wife. Well, you know, the thing, yeah, and, and some of that has to do with, I think there was some foul play in the um, police department at that time. And, and I, you know, I support police in a lot of ways, but it, it seemed pretty clear to me somebody paid off somebody in the New York Police Department. It just seemed obvious going through it. They went through the whole thing over the four episodes, and it seemed to me that somebody got paid off there. It was a, it was really very, very poorly investigated. They missed so many things that they were supposed to do, like that's rote police work that they just never did in the New York, in the first case when he killed his first wife. And I'm I'm betting right now there's somebody out there going, let's look for a great, you know, cold case. I think it's like, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Dahlia, the Black Dahlia, right, yeah. the, the murder out here in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, I hope I, somebody does because it, it be, that seems to be the only way there's going to be any justice is if we make some macabre TV show about it. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think, it, you know, like I said, I think the legal system has just – you know, been eaten away at over, you know, these many decades. And I know for myself, I got, I have a a cut, I had a cut and dry legal case. We went to court and they just ran our money out. And it wasn't because we didn't have a cut and dry case. We just couldn't afford to keep the lawyers going. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Thank you so much, Leslie. Pretty name. Actually, that's not true. The one thing I have to say is that's why one of the reasons I'm against against the death penalty. All right. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your call and uh, appreciate your passion on all this. Um, So I am not alone in this craziness. I mean, you know, uh, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We have a lot of people on Twitter. Let me share some of those tweets. Actually, guys, let's take a break, and we'll share the tweets when we come back and take the last calls in the remainder of this hour. Uh, One, does it bother you that it seems that in this country still in 2015, you can pay for a defense team to get you off even if you're guilty? Hello, OJ. A lot of us believe he's guilty. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number one. Two, does it bother you in 2015 with the amount of forensics that we have and the uh, advances we've made technologically, especially in forensics, that we have so many thousands of cold case murder files unsolved sitting on the shelves? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. You know, there's a push. You've probably even seen it on Facebook and Twitter. To test all the rape kits, because maybe we could exonerate a guy sitting in prison for a crime he didn't commit or prevent somebody out there who might be raping again. And we don't do that. Some people say we don't have the time, we don't have the resources. But shouldn't we make the time and the resources available to do that? And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking about an HBO documentary called The Jinx. 
that has, with evidence, led to the arrest of Robert Durst, who is a multimillionaire tycoon, heir to a multi-billionaire tycoon, and he could be responsible for three deaths. He ha- he has admitted to shooting and dismembering his neighbor's body, but he was acquitted of that crime. His wife is still missing, and now he's been arrested for the murder of his friend, who investigators were supposed to speak to because she allegedly had knowledge about his first wife's disappearance. Taking your calls at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543, and then we'll share your tweets. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Jim's in Texas. How you doing, Jim? Good afternoon. Uh, hello, Leslie. Um, I think he's going to get off. Uh, he he got off here in Galveston. Uh, that was, I think that was a sham. Uh, they and, and I think the prosecutors uh, rushed... Uh, to trial uh, without enough, uh, they didn't have enough evidence. You, you know, and, so you knew who this guy was when you heard. Did you, when you heard about him being arrested? Did you even know there was a documentary being made about him? I had no, I, I did, I had no idea of it. And I mean, this guy, I mean, he's a serial killer. I think. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, if if you and your neighbor get into it and you have to shoot your neighbor because you think he's going to kill you, would you or would you not call the police? Oh God, yes. Okay. I don't. I don't he own a gun. I'm a non-gun girl, so I have to call. He kills the neighbor, and then uh, uh, cut the body up and dumped it in the bayou. So, and does And by the way, makes no no qualms about that. And is right. walking around. And, and of course, he's got uh, you know Dick DeGaran, high-priced, uh, you know, uh, lawyer that you know shyster, you know, uh, the meaning of the word is type of guy. All this kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, and I've been on enough juries to, uh, you know, I used to live in Houston, got on jury duty a lot. And, you know, these type of lawyers, if you don't have money, you can't afford these people. You know, that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, is that if you don't have a case to present, they will literally pick it apart just like vultures on a corpse. Do you think this time this man will get off as well? I, I do. They've got two blurry sentences that was recorded on a microphone when he went to the bathroom. That's that's. It seems like that's what they're basing the whole case on. Unless I mean, unless there's other evidence. That envelope, the envelope I told you about. Um. Uh, okay. How do they know someone else didn't write that? I mean, because you and I, you and I could. Have, well, he wrote. Wait, we, he wrote a letter. To, he wrote a letter to her. It's from him well, with I his return that. address. And wait, the other, but the I other letter looks just other. like it. You're saying somebody saw his letter and copied it. Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is what they're going to say. What his lawyer is going to say. Okay, just like I've never met you. Okay, how did you and I know that our handwriting isn't exactly alike? Yeah, but There's this was no, a misspell, I mean, and we know, both misspelled like Beverly and write it in block letters. And we most, most uh, both misspell the word Beverly and Beverly Hills and write it in block letters. All, I, all I'm saying is, is that this isn't DNA. 
or a fingerprint even. Very true. Okay, and that's all I'm saying, and that's what they're going to – they're going to pick that apart. And, I, you know, I'm just afraid this guy's going to walk. Isn't you know, it? it, it you, you probably went, what? You know, when you heard his name resurface again. Interesting. So see, every a lot of people know about him from all different things. I, uh, You know, Andrew, one of my producers, said, yeah, he knew about him as a real estate, you know, mogul guy in New York. And then I think exactly. Tom, who was sitting in for uh, Mark today, said, I didn't even know about him until, you know, we talked about the topic. And, you know, I, but I saw it all over the media. Thank you for the call. Uh, we're going to uh, share some of uh, your tweets. Brian says, people without money think the same thing almost everyone who commits murder is, uh, that they think they can get away with it. Uh, Bama PJ tweets, in Alabama, the wealthy are more likely to do time and be made an example of. The thugs are released to do more thuggery. Um, and uh, Mike says, how many illegals are getting a tax return this year? Bet you some of that money could go to a rape investigation. Do we really have to bring politics into everything? Wayne says, undoubtedly, the wealthy can afford a better defense. But wouldn't the state that prosecutes have more resources? Tyler says, if you're lower income, then truthfully, you do not have a shot in hell. Sadly, yes, our system only is advantageous for the wealthy few. Um, and uh, another says, I believe there are stats even to back this up. If you have money, you can get off or at least get a great plea deal. So we'll uh, we'll see. If you get HBO, or maybe you can get a, get it on HBO Go or whatever, and if you have Apple uh, TV, check it out. It's, it's interesting. This guy's a character. Bizarre. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Tom sitting in for Mark and for Andrew, my great crew. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will as well, right here on the only true democracy in talk radio.